Welcome to uh, episode one of the Forgotten Heroes podcast. I'm here with Paddy, and uh, today we're going to. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Very good. Our first, uh, our first guest for the potty will be our dear friend Mitchell Pinchback. So Pinchy comes with a pretty interesting story. He was a former collegian tennis athlete. He had a career high ranking of 35 in New South Wales and 79 in Australia. And uh, mate, today we're here to find out the story of how Pinchy come from the coast, made his way to the States in college, rose to the tennis rankings, got himself sponsored, and then we'll basically... Ask where. We're just, we're basically, we're here to find out where it all went wrong. That's 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 our main goal for today. Yeah, how did he blow it, basically? How did he blow it? So let's get stuck into the episode. Here we are, episode one. Uh, we're here with Mitchell. How you been, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Yourself? No, not too bad, mate. I'm here with you and Paddy having a beer, so what could... What could how are we, please? Going on? Good, mate. It's good. That it's been a long time since we've caught up. But, oh, yeah, maybe, what, an hour? An hour Half or two? Hour, yeah, 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 it's good. Um, mate, Brendan, kick us off, mate. Let's go. It's good. Well, yeah, look, we've, we've done the introduction, but I want to start. What, what was the dream? As a young boy, young Mitchell Pinchback growing up in Central Coast, what was the dream, mate? Uh, I think it was just like we'd played a lot of sports when we were younger. Started off playing a little bit of soccer and dad was an athlete, uh, yep. played a lot of tennis and tennis was big part of our family. Um, so I guess it was like, you know, we all progressively started playing a bit from uh, probably as early as about like six or seven. And yeah, with with dad, we owned a tennis company. Um, oh, yeah. So still my Olympic tennis bag, actually. Man. Do you? Yes. I still have a couple of the rats, old sticks as well, hey. They're quality. Do you remember your first stick? Quality gear. Yeah, I think it was, um, oh, I forget what it was called, but it was, I think it was the Tour Pro, the Atlanta Tour Pro. Tour Pro, yeah. I would have yeah, it was, yeah, we call it, man. Yeah, it was yeah. like this black and yellow thing. And um, yeah, I think because like we were just playing in the local area, we just got known as like the Alinta kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you come from like pretty pretty high pedigree family. Arnie's played some Fed Cup. Dad played Davis Cup. Did you say? Been running yeah. the family, mate. Yeah, so like uh, they, it was kind of funny. Dad shares stories from time to time and he said about um, their family got, got interviewed as, as my uncle. He played uh, Davis Cup for Australia. He was selected there. I don't know that he played a match, but he was on the team. Uh, my Arnie's um, selected in Fed Cup. Dad, um, I think he was one of the highest ranked uh, junior boys in Australia and See, took hard, out the... Hard act to follow, yeah, No pressure on you. No there, pressure at all. The lucky thing was he's only a size eight and so <laughs> <laughs> the shoes the shoes weren't that big. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't like we ever had any pressure to play. Yeah. Um, but I think that dad also had a dream for us and oh. that kind of rolled into what we wanted. Was that your favourite sport growing up? Was that... Or was there... Or you just did everything? Just... No, I... I liked tennis... But I started off playing soccer, and I pretty much have two left feet, <laughs> so gave that dream <laughs> up real quick. Two left hands as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just kind of came into tennis, and with having the tennis company, free gear. Dad was uh, a high-profile coach when we were younger as well, so uh, he beat he trained a lot of guys that beat the Todd Wood Bridges. Um, of that era, yeah. so it made it very easy to kind of fall into fall into tennis. And so you started playing competitive and got reasonably good. I think, mate, we're very well researched here. Ah, uh, forgotten heroes podcast. So we've got that. Um, you made a career high ranking of thirty five in the state, seventy nine in the country at under eighteen. 
Yeah, about right. yeah, managed to play right. I think that there was a lot of guys that were a lot better than me. I was I was quite well, short. Yeah, there's and... 79 in the country that were better than you. Plenty of them, mate. There was there was only 79 better yeah. than me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you know, it all started coming together probably at about like 14, 15. I think that I had a lot of challenges with um, playing when I was younger and just being a little short ass and then just knew that I had to run and grind and piss people off by trying to get every ball back. So we play a bit of tennis with, with Pinchy now and t- tell us about your serve back then, mate, because now it's um, a bit... Can you call it a serve? I don't right, know. Look, I'm only, I'm only new on the scene here, but yeah. I've seen two balls go over the fence <laughs> from, from, from a serve. From a serve. <laughs> it's pretty typical to send them. Yeah. <laughs> Big serves go far distances. <laughs> yes, they do. No, the serves are probably my weakest point in the game. You go, It's a love-hate relationship. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it loves me. I hate it. <laughs> and so with a, uh, yeah, with a serve like that, mate, how did you manage to get yourself some sponsorships? Uh, I guess it like... Um, Is that from dad, just being daddy's little child? or? Yeah, <laughs> I think that I was just spoon-fed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, managed to do all right with the tournaments. I think the serve was firing a lot better back then. There's not a lot of big serves at 14, 15, up to 18. Um, yeah, I think they're like, um, you know, when started getting a few uh, ranking points and, and jumping up in the ladder a bit, um, ended up getting uh, some sponsors through K-Swiss, who ran a shoe company back then. And then I think they're still around, but I think they just do like, Old people lawn bowls yeah, now. Yeah, old, old people gear, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So. so I'm just like, I'd still like to rock them. You know, with the Velcro straps would be pretty gnarly. <laughs> um, and then uh, just when I was playing for the Academy of Sport, like they hooked us up with some Under Armour gear. And then kind of like when got to that college level, I, you know, turned into the black sheep and ended up going with a different racket sponsorship than Ooh, the family business. Dad would not have been happy. Was it a hard decision? Well, he always said like he was... It wouldn't bother him, and uh, so I ended up <laughs> going. Yeah, I ended up going with Head, and I was really satisfied with their rackets. Like, um, came out of the same company of ours. But then he told me the other day over a beer, he's just like, "Oh, the last thing I fucking need is one of my kids to be using the wrong racket." <laughs> <laughs> and imagine, I was like, "Imagine oh, putting all that time and effort into your kid, only for him to just piss off to another company." That yeah, be I was like, "Dad, there's a little bit of unprocessed trauma there." <laughs> But as a good son, I was, like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, we'll leave that right there. <laughs> oh no! So you touched on uh, on college there, mate. So you managed to get yourself a scholarship over yeah. the states. Yeah, coming up and uh, after finishing the HSC, I kind of um, bombed the shit out of that. I was like just playing tennis at the time and didn't concentrate on the academic side. So like, kind of <laughs> left me with the option that you know if I wanted to do something and, and I was enjoying tennis playing well I figured why not go to the States so I was playing a tournament back home and got picked up by a local scout and so he kind of put the word out and I ended up making a, uh, a college recruitment video uh, now so- just just on that note <laughs> if you if anyone out there listening if you type in uh, Mitchell Pinchbeck tennis into YouTube you, into YouTube you will you will find a video of a six minute video of <laughs> Just the most incredible tennis you could ever find. Of a man who doesn't miss his volleys yeah. at all. Incredible tennis, poor, very poor quality video. Very poor quality video. <laughs> Probably filmed a potato. But... And a great song. 
a great well, song. How's you're a champion. champion. Oh yeah. <laughs> because I'm a champion <laughs> and I move like a champion. Far out. I wonder what the coaches were thinking. Oh, <laughs> because this guy's a dick. And he acts like a fucker wit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so like, uh, post out. So that video went well. <laughs> yeah. Look, I have a. Uh, it's just like every athlete, you know. <laughs> A lot of haters out there. <laughs> I think somebody said... Is that the video that got you picked up? That how you got a scholarship from that? Surely not. Yeah, ended up... Um, no, so like, <laughs> I think a bit of the results um, as well as, um, I guess, meeting with some of the coaches. And so you just uh, bounce between, you know, what are you after? You know, what kind of role are you looking to play? You're talking about scholarships with them. It's very much like a business deal. You need to make sure that you try and get as much scholarship as possible because you don't want to be out of pocket and it's what'd you end up with uh so the first uni i was at was uh southwest baptist um it felt like a cult <laughs> <laughs> that was my second question. well if you, didn't, if you didn't go to church uh three times in the semester you had to do another semester of studies and a semester cost uh what was it um Twelve and a half, thirteen thousand US a year. So Are you talking one church, one single church miss? Uh three. three and then three you were done. Church. So when when I got there, the very first thing that they did was like they sorted us out into groups in orientation and then they had one of the pastors come around and then they're like, We need you to sign this form and I was like, Oh, what's this about? Like is this like, you know, being part of the school, like, you know, is this gonna be a protection thing in case somebody, you know, hurts themselves on orientation? <laughs> but it was actually an abstinence form. It's like you will not have sex until marriage. And I was oh, just Brandon like, told months ago. <laughs> and I was just like, look, I'm just going to keep my scholarship here. So I just, I just gave him the autograph and ran. <laughs> so with all intentions to follow, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> went to that uni and then, uh, I think what caught up with me was when I was, uh, playing back home in the juniors, uh, I took a bit of prize money, which, you know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you got, got to feed my family. No, you don't. It's real struggle street. <laughs> oh, struggle street. You should see it, mate. It's a waterfront mansion that they live in. Big struggle street. They're like, um, so because of that, like back then there was a change in the rules and um, with the NCAA, which is the governing body for collegiate athletes in America. And so you had to be declared an amateur. And if you collect any prize money, Bam, you just get whacked with a suspension where uh, I actually wasn't even allowed to play my first years over my first year in America, boys. Well, so if you take cash, if you take any prize money, you can't get so you, you yeah, won this prize money in Australia, is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 So like when I was 18 and it wasn't even much, I think it was like not even a couple of hundred bucks oh, and I lost it. <laughs> <That's laughs> back then. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they caught me on, that one. And then like, because my um, cousins all played over in um in the states doing the same thing and one of my cousins got caught up so i think that like pinchbeck being an uncommon name or something maybe he threw me under the bus so i guess that in that year like if i wasn't allowed to play i had to find something to do so you know if i wasn't allowed to have sex because i've already (laughs) signed my life away (laughs) and uh the school wouldn't let you uh wouldn't let you drink so it was like facebook regulated and then they would get the bottle shop owners to like take your name and give it to the school so it was like it was very secret it's a cult yeah so it was like this it was like almost prohibition we had to like drink (laughs) under the covers (laughs) so i think it was like during that year you know ended up 
enjoying enjoying the piss, getting to meet a lot of people, having a lot of fun, and maybe that was my the start of a bit of an undoing with that with that college. Uh, didn't quite get on well with uh, the coach, and at the end of that year, we kind of parted ways. Left me without the so you without the, college, the scholarship. Didn't even get to play tennis for it. <clears throat> they paid for you to come over and do nothing. That's right. Yeah. Oh wow, that's not bad. <clears throat> And I had a question too with um, literally do nothing. Like I, I couldn't get under the sheets. <laughs> your one bed dorm was like one little. You weren't allowed to uh, talk to anyone in your in your dormitories or whatever it was. Or? No, I wasn't a prison dude. Prison. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. Um, no, we were very lucky. The athletes that we had a place off campus, and so we had a three story apartment, and I shared a room with a bloke named Jorge from Argentina, <laughs> and then we had another guy named. Jorge from Spain, <laughs> and he lived with Marton, who is Hungarian. And dude, I used to come upstairs. What did you go wrong? <laughs> well, not a lot went right when you got home, and Marton was watching like propaganda, fucking Nazi films, and you're just like, "Gosh, are my values changing?" <laughs> but um, yeah, so <clears throat> we ended up uh, kind of parting ways with the coach there, and in the process, I was like, "Okay, well." I've kind of got two options, go back home to Australia um, and, you know, I managed to get into psychology at Sydney Uni, so I had a pretty decent um, opportunity there. And then I thought, well, why not keep trying to live that dream and pursue it? And so I went to Delta State, which was a uh, state university, and it was good. I went in there, I was like, you know, got to have my head straight. I think it was about a month in, I joined a fraternity (laughs) <laughs> and uh, very much involved in a lot of the social clubs. Um, Less of a cult, right? At this year? Yeah, it was. It was. It was more of a brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> how was uh, how was the uh, the tennis at this uni though? Where was your level at? Where were you? Where were you aspiring to be? Do you still think you had a chance to make something of yourself? Or I think it was content to be a failure. Like I think that it was a real factor getting over there. I played. Um, number six in the team out of six, and then even then it was a struggle to keep your position in the. But like you the were top number six, six or you yeah. Against the six. No, I, I was number six in our team in our lineup. So you had a team. Of, is that how college works? You got a team of six. Yeah. So, got no idea. So, so, so what does that mean? You were the lowest, the lowest ranking your team of the guys who would play. Right. And then because it was quite competitive across, you know, five, six, seven. So we had guys who were like highly ranked in uh, France, uh, Brazil. Um, we had some strong German guys that were playing as well. And yeah, so it made it quite challenging to crack it. And I think at that time, it's just like, well, shit, like, you know, sitting at the bottom of the rung, you're still in the team and you love it and being part of it and doing the best you can. But, you know, I think that I was also enjoying the social aspect. Yeah. And I think it was liberating coming out of the cult. You know, I think I think there's something about like, there was things to do. Did they tear up the sex contract? Is that gone when you leave the cult? <laughs> I take it home with me. <laughs> it will forever be a part of me. It's <laughs> not too dissimilar to now, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> but like, um, no, so like uh, we had this Brazilian guy in the, the team, Tiago, and um, he, he was bad news. So, Pinchy, we'll circle back to the frat stories in a minute because it sounds like a good time, but... We spent plenty of time with you on the on the beers where you're drunk rambling and name dropping all these superstars that you played against and played with. So tell us a bit about the college. This is your time to be uh This is your chance. Yeah, don't be humble. Tell us tell us why you're the best tennis player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess like 
with the juniors, we played in the same tournaments as Curios Swaziland, um, James Duckworth, a lot of those guys who went on to play. Many of Multi and Duckworth round one. Well, they, were all, they all went on to like um, play the Australian Open and be highly ranked tennis players. Probably the biggest claim to fame was, you know, being a ball boy for Hewitt while he was training <laughs> and then getting to play uh, touch footy with him afterwards. Oh, yeah. You must have rinsed him with that, right? Yeah, look, he uh, he pushed me over. Could you catch a <laughs> for ball? For a little guy. He fucking put me on the ass. Any danger of you catching a ball in touch footy or not? Managed to hold on to it no. back then. I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like even, um, you know, there was a fella, Ben Wagon, played him on quite a few occasions, played against a lot of guys who ended up being high-ranked Australian players and then went in a different direction. Um, I guess a lot of them also went to the States too and managed to bump into a few guys here and there. I think as well we had like some highly ranked uh, players in, in our team and, and the previous team. We had the number one guy um, at 19 in Hungary and he used to just slaughter people, <laughs> you know, just get them on the court and smash their back out. And <laughs> game set match. <laughs> um but yeah, like, you know, the best thing about it was you still feel like there's an opportunity to make something of it. Like you're getting, I consider the free education, you're getting the social aspect, you know, you got all these sponsorships, um, you know, you've been paid the whole way through your college system. It's like over a hundred grand US, which like if someone said, I'm going to invest a hundred grand in you, I was like, yeah, let's uh, let's put that straight to Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a, you got a massive head at the moment. You think you're absolutely killing it. Like you got a big chance of making something here. Or? Uh, probably feeling like I'm gonna do stuff when I first got to college, yeah. and then it was a bit of an awakening. But you still feel at every opportunity because you're still playing um, good quality tennis against the guys that are highly ranked in your team. Yeah, and you feel you're not far off the pace. Um, and while that's also happening. You know, you're training um, once or twice daily. Um, you know, you have to keep up your academics. You have to hold a certain scholarship. I think it was like over 85%. So it was very much about like, they used to say like, um, you know, you're a student athlete. You're a student first and then you're an athlete. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be or pretend to be the athlete. And then... <laughs> Studies, studies. I'm sure will just somehow fall into place. Right? <laughs> so it sounds like you're. Uh, that affects the question. Then, yeah, right? mate. It sounds like you're what? Like everything's going well. You played in top junior tournaments. You got a nice ranking. Got yourself a college gig. Hundred k invested into you. So people are putting heaps of time and money into you. Some people actually believe in you, which is massive because. Right now, not not many people believe in you at all, mate. So you're on your way. Especially, oh, especially not on the wing in rugby. Not on the wing in rugby. We'll get there later. But, but mate, the, the real question is, what happened? Where did it all go wrong? What happened to you? Why are you here now drinking beers over a podcast? Oh, mate, this is this is actually where I wanted to be. <laughs> the tennis dream lived for a little bit. Uh, one of the boys in our team, Tiago, he was this little Brazilian Argentinian fellow. Brazilian um, or Argentinian? Which one? Oh, he was dual national. <laughs> he got the best of both worlds. Oh. He got the angry Argentinian and then he got like, you know, the party boy Brazilian charging <laughs> down fair. Rio and Arakashu. <laughs> so we used to, um, it, it started off that I was like, you know, really serious about tennis and I was still serious. Um, but, you know, we would go out most nights of the week and then we joined the fraternity 
and it ended up being like you know monday night was a beer special night you used to get all you could drink for five bucks uh at the local pub so why wouldn't you i mean all you could drink all you could drink yeah five bucks that's it so the beers would just keep coming let's go play tennis so every so when we're about to leave like you know We'd, uh, we'd throw the guy another five bucks and then we'd just stash them in our undies and we'd just walk out with about six, what? seven cans each. Um, yeah, wild. Hang on. That's, that's just Monday night. Tell me about Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> there was always something on. We had uh, karaoke was, was the next night. Uh, same thing. We had uh, bowling the following, you know. Cheap, uh, cheap buy-in, five bucks, three bucks, whatever it was, and then it was just all you could drink. So I don't know where where it all started going wrong. Was there any tennis, was there any tennis <laughs> played in between there, or, or very little? I think it was just like you just learned to back up. <laughs> that, that was one of the things. Like I don't think the coach was too impressed because the grades started slipping at that time, um, respectively. <laughs> <laughs> Under eighty-five percent. Yeah, I um. Oh yeah, it, it dropped a little bit, but then I then I pulled him up. But the problem was like we we're uh, we we're on tour for our our third year, I think it was at the start of our third year, and um, we had this this big night out. And you know, considering now I'm a seasoned drinker. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I, mate, speaking of being a seasoned drinker, we've got it on good authority that you lost some of your sponsorship because you're an alcoholic. Is that correct? You lose some of that cash. Strong words. <laughs> <laughs> Very diagnostic, but like, uh, yeah, the coach pulled me aside because I couldn't get up for this this big tournament that we had. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" He's <laughs> like, "Good old Mississippi." He's <laughs> like, "You're supposed to be out there playing." <laughs> and I was like, "Coach, I think I've got a bug." <laughs> he pulled me aside and he's like, "We're gonna get bananas, right?" <laughs> so he took us out to the shops while all my teammates are playing and said, "I never in all my years." <laughs> Had someone so disrespectful to get on them beers. <laughs> I can't. I can't do nothing but take two grand out of your scholarship. Oh, oh, dude. And I was, I was still plastered, I so I was just like, two grand. That's future Mitch's problem. <laughs> Quick call home, oh, mum, yeah, dad. Dad, dad. Yeah, yeah. I've been in trouble with him before, but like, I told him that, and I don't think they were too impressed, and kind of got the chat and. So you, you were on the yeah you were saying you're on a on a big party on your third year you're heading out for a big party yeah we, we're at the um we're at the just the Meriton Inn and like you know all the other uh, athletes, all the athletes were there yeah. playing yeah and so we're all just like catching up meeting each other everyone started wandering off to off to bed and then next minute I get woken up and I get told we got five minutes to get into the um into the bus for our first match and I was half in the half in the toilet half out. I'm um, pretty much just wearing my shirt around my around my pants. <laughs> Couldn't dress myself. <laughs> but um yeah, I think that it was uh a bit of an awakening then because it you know. Did you get in the court that day? No, just spent the day getting roasted by the coach. <laughs> he wasn't as good as you boys, but um, <laughs> tough act to follow. Definitely. Um you know, and I think that it probably didn't help having the fraternity there. Good brotherhood. So what was your, what was your frat? What were you <clears throat> We were uh, the Kappa Sigma fraternity. So a bit of name drop again. We were the largest fraternity in America. Ooh, so big chat. we had 192 chapters across the states. 
So you could go to any large university and they'll put you up for the night, have a huge party, drinks, everything, get your tickets into the, the big football games that you see on television, the college ones. Um, yeah, it was massive. You know, there was, uh, you take the good with the bad. <laughs> well, mate, tell us some of the good. Tell us some of the best, your best frat stories there. Um, well, I guess that like we had every, every month or two, we would have a social. So I took on the role of social president and I was just like, <laughs> I need to be involved in this. So we, used, convincing <laughs> so we used to meet with the uh, sororities and we used to just have one-on-one parties with them and just, you know, we'd hire out one of the nightclubs and it was mental. You know, and and while everyone else was back home studying and doing algebra, we were just fucking hitting those beers and, you know. Just, just getting to know each other, right? Just friends and... Just... Mate, <laughs> that's what college is about. <laughs> <laughs> just mingle, social mingle. <laughs> um, and then there was always something on. Like, uh, we would have these huge fraternity parties. We would have rush parties where, you know, um, you would have a good couple hundred people, the college athletes we all had these apartment blocks all right next to each other so we used to host these big events and there was probably about four or five hundred people not Corey worthington style (laughs) (laughs) didn't have a nipple piercing so now i can pretty much understand why like mom and did mom and dad didn't want to send uh my younger sister to head over to college as well (laughs) she she was a high-ranked player she's much much higher than me (laughs) but i think that they kind of got an understanding of what it was like over there well yeah so that's that's the good stuff. What, tell us about the uh, the not so good stuff, the uh, stuff we don't hear about. Uh, yeah, with the fraternities, it's just a lot of secrecy, you know. But the thing is, it's constantly out in the news over there when people, like, you know, there's this thing called the Elephant Walk where uh, one of the fraternities, they get everyone naked, all the guys who are pledging. So if you want to join a fraternity, you've got anywhere from a 30-day to a 60-day pledge ship, right? And so during that time, you're pretty much just like the bitch. So and you had to do this? Yeah. So is I this, didn't do is the this elephant hazing walk. Or is this like- <clears throat> yeah, this is hazing. And so what you do is like um, you stick your thumb up the ass of the guy in front of you and then you put your hand <laughs> between your legs and you grab the cock of the guy behind you and then you walk around like a group of elephants. <laughs> and then fucking human centipede. <clears throat> yeah. And there's like, there's always just something that was popping up. I guess they're like, Pop, or popping in, in. <laughs> <laughs> popping in, yeah. <laughs> Nothing popping out. <laughs> in uh, in my fraternity, like we do things like paddle swap, where like when you're presented with a big bro who's supposed to be your mentor and somebody who's protective of you, um, look after you, make sure you're okay. And yeah, just like all the nurturing things that yeah. you expect to have. Um, there was nothing uh, depriving of what they gave us except for the big slap of Demetrius. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Please explain. Please explain. Demetrius, that motherfucker, eh? He was big, bold. <laughs> <Who is> Demetrius. <laughs> Demetrius was this paddle that was passed passed down uh, from the fraternity from year to year, and he'd been around for ages. And he was just this thick ass wooden paddle. And so, what would happen was, like, you know, on paddle swap night, you get to smack your. Uh, I guess your big bro with this paddle twice, and then he gets to light you no. up. So are you talking about cricket bat kind of paddle? Like what's, what's yeah, very similar, like very that, similar yeah. to that. Yeah, and so like I wasn't expecting it. And all my um, all my pledge brothers, 
they were just like, fucking light him up. And I was just like, I'll give him a little forehand tap. <laughs> and then uh, they got real pissed. So I swung hard on the next one. And then, um, yeah, I copped it. <laughs> they he, he delivered four back, but they could substitute who was giving them. So we had like uh, a high-ranked baseball player. He got me. And then uh, a couple of other big fellas. And tell you what you couldn't sit down and and they would tell their their girlfriends so every time that you would just randomly walk past um you know happen to be one of their girlfriends or they would tell the sororities they give you a little smack on the ass and yeah just couldn't sit down so (laughs) there was that there was hell week hell week was just another fuck fest like (laughs) or fuck around fest more so we weren't allowed to do anything we weren't allowed to to, (laughs) no the hernia is at a different time (laughs) But like, uh, no, it was a fuck around fest. Like, you know, bit of sleep deprivation, um, you know, not allowed to, uh, we were just put on this super strict diet of nothing but greens and shit and not allowed to drink or do whatever. Um, I oh, actual up. hell week. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. actual hell. Yeah. So uh, I picked up a bit of a smoking habit when I was over there as well. So, like, you know, they were depriving us of that. <laughs> it was like a scene out of I Am Legends where you just see, like, all the degenerate fucking mutants just all hovering around, just, like, really angry and shit. That's kind of like how it was. But, um, yeah, we got taken out in the field and it turns out that there was some other country bumpkin out there shooting his gun who wasn't part of it. And I was like, oh, this is all right. And then my mates were like, get down. And I was like, what do you mean, get down? You're these, like, fucking... These guys just shooting at you. And I was like, I <laughs> thought that this was all part of the show. <laughs> yeah, they'd get you in the back of um, a ute and no seatbelts or anything. And they just flog it down these country roads. And uh, you're there with nine other blokes and you weren't allowed to take anything but your footy shorts and a, and a tube sock. <laughs> <laughs> tube sock never came out, but like, you know, it always put the fear in us. Oh. Hang on for a second. Uh, one for the unpopular kids. What What is a tube sock? <laughs> I still think I've got American lingo in me. <laughs> um, a tube sock is kind of like just like a long sock that you wear. Like not as long as your footy soccer kind of uh, socks, but, um, you know, probably goes about halfway to between your ankle and your knee. And what happened to the tube sock there? What do you Mate, oh, never found out. Special. Never found yeah. out. Oh, oh you never had to find yeah, out. Yeah, it was just right. taunting. Right, so it sounds That's like part of had... the haze. <laughs> Mate, from what we've heard, you've had, what, four years, 100 grand invested on you, you've had a good time, you've achieved buckle. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to put it nice. <laughs> you've, let, you've let a lot of people down. We're at the end of your college career and, uh, mate, we've had, had some info come in that after your last game, of college, I think it's pretty well documented you didn't get along with your coaches very well. Um, I can't imagine why. Uh, <laughs> but you finish your last game and you walk off to your coach and you ask him, hey, mate, how much money would you take to suck a dick? <laughs> that doesn't seem like the appropriate way. Can you confirm that happens? Some, people, some people shake the hands of their coaches, I guess. <laughs> no. Four years together. That's well, what like, you ask him. When, when we're working under the coach, like we used to go away across these tournaments and... You know, we'd be training nonstop, we'd be playing, and we had to share accommodation. So we had like a queen size bed and we had to share it with another one of our um Wait, teammates. College, college oh not college kids and the coach sharing. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> not quite. That would have been back at the cult one though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty close. <laughs> but like 
So we would have to share with a teammate whenever we went out and we would eat, we would only get $10 allowance. And like, you can't buy anything for 10 bucks, you know? And so we would often go to these restaurants and they got the tipping system. Mm. And when you're there, the meals would cost 12 bucks and you'd be out two bucks to eat and you're a uh, sponsored athlete. And you're just like, what <laughs> is that? <laughs> <laughs> but what's the go? Like they're willing to pay all this money, but they won't cover your is food. Is this 10 bucks and a day? Uh, 10 bucks per meal. So you get three meals a day. It's kind of like, you know, an hour of yard time. (laughs) 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 Five minutes on a phone call. (laughs) But like, so I just had enough and I was like, okay, well, you know what? I grant the fact that he brought me on the team and it was all, um, you know, I I had an awesome experience, loved it. But when it came to the way that we kind of got treated, like he, he didn't even take care of us as far as the gear. So we're sitting there at our last dinner and he comes out and he's like 10 bucks and to pay the tips. And so I said, coach, I've got a question for you. We're all thinking about these tips, but I'm, I'm, I've got something else on my mind. How much money would it take for you to suck a dick? <laughs> <laughs> Never in all my years. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that that was uh, a mic drop moment. Catch that was next, it. Catch yeah. next fight, yeah, yeah, next fight. So that was it. You're done. You're out of college. Four, like we said, four years. You've wasted so many people's money, so many people's time. <laughs> Mate, I still have another year of scholarship that I can use. Oh, fuck. Maybe so I should go over at this stage. Oh, <laughs> no, please. Uh, well, yeah, can't be any worse than what you're doing now. So, <laughs> so <laughs> like we said, you've fucked up big time. You're a forgotten hero now. You're done. Your done. career's over. Your tennis career's going nowhere. And you've moved back to Australia to do what? What's become of you now? Give us a bit of give us a bit of insight into the current picture. Yeah, go back to go back to Australia. And I remembered I went and played down in um, Victoria Grass Court Champs, and I had an okay tournament in the doubles. Um, and then the following one, I was like, oh, maybe I could still have a crack, you know. And I played against this fourteen-year-old. <laughs> oh no! At, and you're how old? At the local uh, tournaments, I think I was like twenty-three at the time. And um, he's about he, to break his whole man's career. He he chopped me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I broke my racket. And I had a, it's not that I had so much of a temper. I just hate losing to kids. <laughs> and so I was just like, nah, done in with it. So I uh, continued the study. So I left the states with the four-year degree in psychology, came back. I did another two years of study in the um, in university over here, then did another three years of placement and then came away out of that and, you know, continued the psychology and I've been a, a registered practitioner for a couple of years now up here in Newey and had to had to balance out that, uh, that stimulus-seeking personality that I have that has to throw myself into everything and you know, be honest. So, and I just found that like psychology was something that I just really enjoyed as well. Um, you know, the fact that, uh, I've got that mastery kind of seeking personality. I want to get to like high levels of things and, and be able to achieve and loving every part of it. I feel very well established here and, and I love being able to help people, I guess. And, you know, there's, there's probably nothing better than where I'm sitting at at the moment with respect to that. Well, I've got a question with that. Like, we've just sort of gone to two worlds. How, how was that transition from that? Being in the States, going, doing what you're doing. <laughs> doing things. Doing things. <laughs> to come in here and, I don't, yeah, put like, 
Didn't some sort of, I don't know, serious, some discipline. Discipline, yeah. yeah. Buckling yeah. down for a change. Yeah, I think like the uh, the switch flipped when coming back to Australia and it's just a different life, you know. I had to move back in with mum and dad. So, you know, as soon as you finish up being over there, living by yourself, the bright lights and traveling all around uh, America playing and the fraternity and the parties and all that, it, reality drip, uh, hits. And then, you know, for me, it was like, okay, get myself back on track, had a lot of fun, ground myself, uh, very lucky with my partner, Kira, like uh, she's awesome. And I think that, you know, I found a very stable relationship with her and, and I feel very well supported by the people around me. And, and Kira, lives, Kira lives overseas though, right? Yeah. Discipline, mate. Fair. If you had something, just, something to say to her just as a quick shout out, yeah. quick shout out to Kira. I love you, Kira. <laughs> I love you too, Kira. Brendan. Brendan. I'm, I'm Brendan. I'm you. <laughs> no. I also love you. No, she's awesome. Been with her for a, good, a couple of years and, um, you know, looking forward to, to where it goes. And I think that, you know, it's probably, um, no, it is like the best relationship that I've had. And I think the same thing where I feel very well supported in, in each of the things that I do over here and, and vice versa. I just think that, you know, having some strong connections is the most important thing. And I get that with her, with rugby, with my profession. So, so mate, we've heard, heard all the highs. We've heard some of the lows. We've heard a few of the lows. I mean, you crashed and burned reasonably quickly. It was a good flight. It was a good flight though. You, yeah, you flew <laughs> I high, felt like mate. it was Denzel Washington kind of like high. flight. <laughs> a little bit too close to the sun. Mate, tell us now. So you've definitely, you definitely fit into the category of a forgotten hero. You're on your way. You thought you were going to make it. And now it's a uh, Friday afternoon. You're sinking beers around a microphone. Tell us, tell us what your one piece of advice would be for today's young heroes. So the kids who are not, not yet forgotten, they're on their way up. They've got something to aspire to. Uh, What's a piece of advice so they don't end up like you? Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think probably one thing that I didn't touch on was that I have pretty high standards of myself and that I want to achieve, but I also didn't give myself enough kind of pats on the back for getting to places. And, and I feel like after when you get through a lot of these things, you get to have a bit of reflection. But I think having a bit of humility when you're younger and being able to listen to your coaches, I think that it's better to go with the – the rip in the surf rather than to push against it. It doesn't really Good give analogy. you any kind put of... Put that one in your put that quote one book. <laughs> I'm going to put that in my psychology book. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a lot better um, to work with it than against it. And I think as well, um, you know, it's okay if you, if, if you don't perform at the level that you want to and, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. That's part of life. You can learn through mistakes and failure and life experiences and i think too uh just the fact of being able to like find a good grounding be well supported i never really based myself off my academics and then i had to like really really push in my later years and i wish that i had set that foundation i wish that you know i had made things easier for myself any danger they should stay off the beers or oh look i think beers are good (laughs) (laughs) no i think i think we're appropriate i think uh if you look at some of the things I've done, I think there's a lot of people that are laughing and probably shaking their heads <laughs> with disbelief. Um, it doesn't mean that like, you know, you can't overcome like some some problematic behaviors when you're younger. Yeah. Um, but it all comes with, with big change, acceptance, and, you know, finding something uh, that's going to, you know, align with your personality, finding people that it will nurture you. And at the end of the day, just enjoy it. 
enjoy the ride, um, love it, but also don't put pressure on yourself and, and allow yourself not to get a big head. <laughs> we should take some of that advice. <laughs> well, look, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Can I say he's our first guest and um, been the last, well, this half an hour in the last, for me personally, the last three, four weeks with you boys. Um, and yeah, I'm... I'm grateful that your test career has failed as it has. <laughs> I'm a better person for meeting you, and I cannot wait to see you double fold next week <laughs> at the famous Medawi tennis courts. Yeah, so, thank you. Thanks thank for you. coming on, Pitch. Nah, appreciate it, boys. Loved every moment of it. It's uh, it's good to be vulnerable. It's, it's, it's actually it's it's sexy to be vulnerable. Oh, <laughs> cut. Well, Paddy, that's a that's a wrap, mate. Episode one done. Um, Mitchell Pinchback, eh? Well done. What is a, a career? A career done. Tennis career done. <laughs> a rugby career just beginning. Just beginning, mate. So for everyone who doesn't know, Pinchy is currently uh, playing rugby for Southern Beaches Rugby up hang in on, Newcastle. Hang on, powerhouse Newcastle. The captain. Oh, he's the club captain. That's correct. Um, touchy subject at the moment, but Pinchy's recently been. Dropped from first grade. Not for long. I think he might be not for grade. long. He may be on his way down to third grade with Brendan Sue. We're, we're not too sure. <laughs> but um, and like we said, the Powerhouse Club, we're enjoying playing there. He got both of us along to play with him. So it's been uh, a yeah, just, just a side note. Anyone who comes up from Newcastle for a drink, just any rugby chat, just leave the pub. Yeah. Just don't, 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 get, don't get involved. Do not engage Play in soccer or chat. cricket or something. Instead. And mate, we're still playing a fair bit of tennis and pitch at the moment. Yeah, it was a shock to me that he played college. Was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, he spends his uh, how does he spend his Fridays at the moment? What happens on a Friday afternoon? Well, I, I get picked up in an unmarked car. <laughs> I get we get taken to we outside New, thirty minutes outside of Newcastle <laughs> to a town called Madawi because we're too cheap to pay for courts in Newcastle. <laughs> and uh, what for? For what would we call ourselves? Budding superstars. I'm on the way up. My tennis is going up. up, yeah. Yeah, and then we're, Ross and I, we're there. Kyle's probably on the way down as well, but Pidgey comes along, spends his Friday afternoons out there. Yeah, just spraying balls left, right, and center. Yeah. yeah you're, you get, there's a backhand down line. You just got to accept that. It happens every, every four or five shots. Yeah. One ball over the fence, one ball down the line. Yeah. These things happen. Just so, don't ask him to string a racket, that's oh, all. Oh, Jesus Christ. So that's how, that's how he goes. Right now, Pidgey does his Saturdays at rugby. Fr- sorry, he does his Fridays at, at tennis, his Saturdays at rugby, spends his Saturday night on the pits, becoming an absolute menace. And uh, that's pretty much it, mate. Just, what, a, what a story. Yeah. What a story. So that's it for our first step. Like you said, I've forgotten heroes in the bag, mate. We've done well. Pretty and, happy. Um, and then... Yeah, stay tuned for next week uh, for one uh, story of a rugby... Superstar? Rugby superstar who... Could have been... I'd say could have been absolutely anything. But... We'll let him tell. We'll let him tell you how good he was. <laughs>